Honey, come on over here, sugar buns. This machine just called me an asshole. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? East Society Podcast, 31 Days of Horror. We're back again. When I say we're, Brian's with me. What's up, brother? What's up, man? Glad to be back. Oh, man. Well, he's going to be here a lot more, everyone. So if you're new to the show, welcome and get used to Brian and I. And if you want to hear this this power couple, go on over to uh, thehorrorreturns.com and listen to everything we got over there with the three shows that we do. Action only, returns. It's only three. Feels like a lot more. <laughs> well, us over there on on the Horror Returns Network. Action returns, wrestling returns, and THR presents stream things. All right, tonight we're coming at you with the 1986 Stephen King classic, Maximum Overdrive. My name is Stephen King. I've written several motion pictures. But I want to tell you about a movie called Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> Come and spend some time in the dark. I'm going to scare the hell out of you. Maximum Overdrive. Rated R. Star Friday and Duke and Duchess, 1605 Chestnut Street. And... Action, comedy, horror. Horror? Really? Okay. Um, a group of people try to survive when machines start to come alive and become homicidal. All right, good job. Um, IMDb. Oh man, I guess I should have pulled it up already on um, Google. But all right, what does this one got to say? All right, with the full paragraph. After a comet causes a radiation storm on Earth, machines come. To life and turn against their makers. Hold up in a North Carolina truck stop. A group, a group of survivors must fend for them for themselves against the mass of homicidal trucks. A diner cook, Bill Robinson, emerges as the unlikely leader of the pack, attempting to find an escape plan for himself and the survivors, who include his boss, Bubba Hendershot, and newly and a newlywed couple. Okay. Uh, this was direct, written and directed by Stephen King. This was based off of King's uh, little short uh, film or short story, Trucks. Co-directed by Cocaine. Yeah, that too. And he said this, everyone, that he was just coked out of his mind uh, during this era. Yeah, this is not accusations or anything. This was, He said he was out of his mind on Cocaine and he doesn't remember directing this movie. <laughs> I don't know what Coke does you, everyone, but all right. Stay away from drugs, boys and girls. Uh, on the poster, Stephen King's masterpiece of terror directed by the master himself. Sure. Okay. Um, the thing that I love the most about this film is the score and, and the soundtrack, uh, all done by ACDC. Yeah. One of, one of my favorite bands in the world, and I love this soundtrack. It's uh, ACDC's Who Made Who uh, album. All right. Anyway, this stars 
Emilio Estevez. The Mighty Ducks guy. Yep. <laughs> Pat Higgle, Laura Harrington, a Yeardley Smith. Lisa Simpson. Yeah, you guys know her as Lisa Simpson. Uh, she's probably the biggest baller out of this bunch. Uh, Emilio will probably come in second. Um, John Short, Ellen McElduff, a CeCe Quinn, Christopher Murney, Holter Graham. Oh, that's the kid. He's all old in this picture. Uh, Frankie Faison. Um... What's his nuts? Leon Rippey and uh, Gus. Um, Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, he's in this for like a second. <laughs> uh, I was watching this with my son, and he was like, is that Gus? I said, yeah. I think everybody's, like, wow. everybody says that when they see this movie for the first time. And you got to start somewhere. I mean, he, he's only in the beginning of the film, but you, yeah, you, you got to start somewhere <laughs> uh, with this film. But, uh, Brian, Maximum Overdrive, when was the first time you saw this? Oh, this was, like, back in the day, VHS. I was a young kid, and I've loved this movie ever since. It is a fucking ridiculous movie. You can't take any of it seriously. The cameos are crazy. You got you, you immediately get Stephen King in this with the ATM calling him an asshole. That, that tells you what kind of movie you're getting into. The, the kills are over-the-top ridiculous. Um, you got Emilio as the, the, the main good guy, and I, I kind of dig Emilio in, in that role. And the, the, the science of the, I guess it's an alien invasion or a comet or something, doesn't make sense because not all cars are affected. It's only trucks and appliances and Walkmans and toy cars that end up in dogs mouths somehow this movie doesn't make any sense but i love it oh man i don't what was the last thing i said uh, everybody <laughs> i don't know you're on mute i was trying oh. to message you okay um y- yeah don't don't uh, sorry everyone i my allergies are killing me that's why i had my mic muted um <laughs> i said a lot, lot too um don't try to the to break the science down in in this. It's it's yeah you'll you'll kill yourself or get a headache. <laughs> I had mentioned uh, our time cop episode when we were trying to figure out uh, time travel. Yeah, <laughs> it was that. Just just turn this. If you haven't seen this movie, just turn it on and enjoy what is Stephen King's Maximum Overdrive. All right, at the beginning of the film this is what it said on june 19th 1987 at 9 47 a.m eastern uh standard time the earth passed through an extraordinarily diffused tail of the aria m a rogue comet according to astronomical calculations the planet would remain in the tail of the comet for the next eight days five hours 29 minutes and 23 seconds that was the that's what how it began we see the earth and this green mist is around it and it immediately goes into awesomeness. We see the great Stephen King uh, in his cameo in this film, uh, trying to get money at the ATM. It's funny though, because when, when when the camera starts to zoom in, uh, you see this uh, little digital sign uh, or saying whatever. And next thing you know, is this like "fuck you" or something. Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> but then 
um, Stephen King's trying to get uh, money out of the ATM, and it starts calling him an asshole. And he's like, oh, honey, this this machine just called me an asshole. And then the awesome ACDC music kicks in uh, with Who Made Who. And out of everything in this film, uh, this was probably my favorite part. It was it was an awesome way to start a film. Uh, shout out to my cousin Evans. He's the one that took me to see this. Uh, we saw it the opening weekend when it came out. And he was just like, oh, it's Stephen King. By this time, I already know who Stephen King was. He had a few movies uh, adapted from his stories. And he sold me with ACDC to the soundtrack. And I was like, oh, cool. So um, we go and see this film. And I just remember being like, wow, that was awesome. I mean, just don't, again, don't think about it. Just enjoy the senseless violence that's on the screen. And uh, the great Emilio Estevez <laughs> in this. Yeah, that opening scene with the um, the bridge. Uh, no, I mean, I think only scientists really know about the comet. And the regular common folk like us, we were just doing our normal things. And then all of a sudden, the, uh, the bridge kind of just starts to open itself um, while people are driving across it. And it's just awesome i mean i don't know what bridge it was real there was no models or anything and it looked like it was a real bridge that went up and had cars on it go crashing down and pumpkins crashing through windows and killing people guys falling out of windows uh there's an acdc van on there and it's just crazy and the cars yeah. falling off the bridge and all kinds of craziness that guy that one guy that was slipping into pumpkins or watermelon or whatever it was that guy totally left his family behind yeah, he did. He said, I'm out. <laughs> he just jumped out of the car and took off. So, but, and so once all that craziness happens and everything, and then we're kind of introduced to uh, everybody at the um, the Dixie truck truck stop. Bubba. But, yeah, what's his name? He, he uh, the, the, the boss, he, he, all he called was, he called everybody Bubba. God damn it, Bubba. Uh, Pat Higgle, uh, Hendershot. Uh, I liked him in just about everything he's done. He can be the asshole. He can be a cool guy and everything. But he is just this slave uh, runner guy that just his his business is at truck stop. But he only hires um, convicts, ex-convicts, people with police records mm-hmm. because uh, Emilio, Bill, Bill, he is uh, fresh out of jail. He's got some issues that I'm just doing who knows what they don't go into any of it, but he kind of breaks it down to him and saying, look, man, everyone that works here is on probation or on parole or whatever. And he goes, let's what do you think the stars are there for? And then he notices that there's stars on everybody's, uh, time, time card. So, so, but while this is going on, this is when everything slowly starts to to happen. I mean, we're not going to run through this scene by scene, everyone. You should, you guys should should have known. And those of you that haven't seen it, I mean, we don't want to ruin all the awesomeness that is Maximum Overdrive. But it was cool because things are slowly. It takes a minute for this movie to. After we see the awesome beginning, it takes a few more minutes before it actually kicks in, because nothing really happens. Uh, I think the first, one of the first things is the um, the electric meat cutter kind of uh, turns on and, and oh, cuts the, one. The turkey carver? 
Yeah, that's one of that, the, the whoever that, that actress is, she goes for it throughout this movie. Her many times she screams, We made you! That lady is going for it. Yeah, I mean, she, she, she took her role and made it, excuse me, really serious. Her name is Ellen McElduff. She played Wanda June. Yeah, I think out of everybody in it, she really, really took her role and and just went for it to be um because when she she was the one that got cut by that that little carver knife and she just when you get cut of course you're gonna scream but she like went overboard and, and everything so slowly things are happening um because we're not really sure what's going or nobody's really sure on what's happening um so and then all of a sudden the trucks uh start coming um the awesome happy toys truck with the with the green goblin head and i think at the time especially during this time when they when they make in the mid 80s when they made this film i'm not really sure i could be wrong um but from what i remember um marvel didn't give them the okay at the time for the um got green goblin head uh, maybe they work something out now because I, I'm pretty sure uh, Disney would slide in there and, and do something. But they, um, uh, the trucks are coming alive. Yeah, and as far as the science on this, on what comes alive and what doesn't, um, pretty much all the big rigs come to life. There's an airplane that's flying around by itself. Uh, the the little meat carver. Uh, I was wondering why regular cars didn't come to life. Yeah. If that, I mean, because the, the scene when, um, what's the kid's name? Um, Deke. Deke, yeah. He is at uh, baseball practice and when all hell's breaking loose. And this is probably one of another my second favorite scene. Uh, his coach goes to get sodas out of the <laughs> Coke machine. And then he puts in money and nothing happens. And then he kind of like looks into where the, the can comes out and boom, gets shot right in the forehead. Well, he gets hit in the balls first and then he falls to his knees and then <laughs> takes one to the forehead. And I don't know how fast that thing uh, shot out of there, but it basically killed him. That and then murder. all the cans start shooting out. Yeah, it murders like at least two or three kids. Those kids were pretty far back. I mean, it, I'm sure it would hurt if a full soda can hit you, but I don't know if it would have killed you that far uh, away. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that one kid that was running away that got hit in the ass, I'm sure he's okay, but he fell down like he was knocked out. Like a lot of them fell <laughs> because you just see that, and all these soda cans are shooting out of the machine. But, but one of the most memorable scenes is the most unexplainable one is the kid that falls off his bike and some somehow his legs are trapped tangled into the bike and he gets run over by the the steamroller <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know because when mean, you see him flip over you're like how did that happen and then when you get the close-up of him his legs are tangled in the bike frame and i'm just like okay i'm going with it yeah because that kid's hauling ass on his bike on the grass and i don't know maybe he hit a gopher hole or something and <laughs> flew over the handlebars and then here comes this little steamroller out of nowhere crashing through the fence and that kid's tangled up in his bike and it just runs over him when we see it like just smash him 
Uh, during that, I was kind of like, all right, this is what we're doing. Kids are going to get killed. All right, cool. I'm here for it. <laughs> so, but Deke kind of just takes off. Um, then we kind of cut back to the, to the, the truck stop and, and all the trucks are, are circling and everything. And they don't know what the hell's happening ha- at this point. Um, but, uh, I did like this scene when we go back to Deke and he's riding down the street. Uh, trying to get his dad works at that truck stop so he's trying to get over there he's driving down the street and he's just looking at all the carnage of of dead bodies that are in the street or in somebody on your front lawn uh someone got run over by a some thing you cut the lawn with (laughs) the lawn lawnmower uh we see a girl up in the window I guess the Walkman blew out her eardrums and killed her. I I don't I don't know, but it looks is, like she is, had the. Um, is that the one in the window, or is it the one somehow the the um the hair dryer was wrapped around her neck? Yeah, again, don't <laughs> don't don't try to figure out how that I mean it happened, but. <laughs> And we see the dog with a little small little remote control car jammed in his mouth. I'm like, how did that thing get enough speed to get into the dog's mouth and kill it? I mean, uh, cocaine. <laughs> but I I loved it because he's just riding down the street and seeing all this, and he's still like, what the hell is going on here? And then he hears the ice cream truck, and then he he kind of hides. And when the ice cream truck goes by, we see that nobody's driving it. But yeah, it it was a lot of small little things. I think the the smallest little electric thing can come alive and kill you. But I still don't understand why the cars couldn't come alive. Because we're also introduced to um the married couple, uh, Lisa Simpson and uh, Kurt. Uh, John Short, um, Connie and Kurt, they're fresh, freshly married. They're they're trying to just get to wherever they were going, and then they kind of stop at this um, gas station because all hell breaks loose. And then this is when the the um I think it was a tow truck or something tries coming after them, and then they they just end up hauling ass out of there. And oh my God, she uh, I just pushed her out of the car. Cause she's just screaming, ah, Curtis, we're gonna die, and her her voice is is really high pitched, and just oh man, you just want her, you just want her to die <laughs> because you can't stand her voice, <laughs> and the way she was acting too, man, you were just like, oh my god, kill Curtis, this Curtis, I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> don't leave me down here i was like oh man what did you see in her <laughs> so but yeah so all hell is breaking loose all over the place uh deke is still trying to get to the to the to the truck stop uh the newlywed couple they get to the truck stop but by the time they get there the trucks are all circling uh the dixie boy so the the kurt's kind of like all right you know what there's a gap in between the trucks. Next time we come around, I'm going to punch it. We're going to go right through it. And she's like, no, do you think this is a save? And then the time comes. He says, fuck it. Um, 
Okay, I mean, he, he, it looked like a big enough gap, but his car wasn't fast enough because when he's almost through it, one of the big reds clips the back of it and they flip and go flying. Nah. Yeah, clips the back <laughs> of it, which makes it go flipping forward. Yeah. <laughs> Anything would have spun it, but all right. Steven was like, let's do it. This is what I want. He, he wanted the big stunts, and he, there was a lot of big stunts in this. As well as explosions. Um, so, I mean, okay. I mean, even going back a little further, there was a... Um, no, that was when Deke was riding and that airplane was flying around. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, there was an airplane flying around and everything. And Deke was still just trying to get to the truck stop. So, but yeah, once those two got in there and they were just hiding out and everything, um, the main guy, uh, Hendershot, he was kind of like, all right, he had enough. He comes out with the rocket launcher and blows up one of the trucks. Oh no! Even before that, uh, Deke's dad, he was like, "I gotta go. I gotta get out there and try to find my son." Oh no! No, let me go back a little more. Um, he was uh, he was filling he was fueling somebody's truck, and then it stopped pumping gas. This is kind of before all the trucks came and took over the truck stop, and. He was like, what the hell? And then his dumbass never looked down the the little, the little barrel or the hose of the, the gas pump thing. He looks in there and then... Awesome guitar work. I don't know if it was by uh, Angus uh, Young or Malcolm Young, one of them. Uh, but it, it shoots gas in his eyes and he's just... Ah, his eyes are just, just blood red. Um, I've never, I don't ever want gas in my eyes. Knock on wood. So, but yeah, so while he's all messed up and he's trying to, I got to get to my son, I got to get to my son. They're like, no, you can't, man. Just, it's all right. I'm, I'm Bill Emilio Estevez is like, you know what? I'll, I'll go look for him. Don't worry about it. And we'll just stay here. But he's kind of like, no, nah, no, nah, I got him. So he kind of, uh, he could hardly see his vision still blurry, but he makes it outside. And then here comes one of the trucks, and he's standing there, and then, wow, he gets hit and uh, and kills him. Yeah, and this is when they go out and blow up uh, uh, the truck well, with a rocket launcher. And Bill was like, where the hell did you get that? Now, what was the, the big dude that was with him? It was Hendershot and his buddy. Oh, the, um, the, the young dude. The, the fat guy. Bill gets all the information from him while he's taking a shit. Yeah, that guy. Um, hmm. Can't remember his name. I'm just trying to look at the pictures and see. I don't see. I don't even. Joey. See. Joey was that his name? Yeah, Patrick Miller. Okay. All right. Yeah, Joey. So yeah, Joey's. Hendershot got the rocket launcher and Joey's holding another missile and they just kind of blow one up and uh, I think it was full of toilet paper or something because everything uh, blew up. But they're still trying to figure out what's happening. They, they don't know what's going on. And then next thing you know, uh, night comes um, and they're still just getting circled by them. Deke finally shows up. Oh, no, 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 no. We're introduced to um, Brett, uh, Laura Harrington. She was uh i think he was hitchhiking somewhere and then that cr- weird crazy dude oh the bible um, salesman 
Yeah, I think he was Camp Loman. I think he's the one that picked her up. And then as they're driving, he's trying to make some uh, sexual advances on her by touching her leg and everything. And she's like, don't, don't touch me and all that. So, but they kind of, they got to the, the truck stop before everything uh, went haywire. But then, yeah, that guy, once everything started going crazy, he was like, I need to get out of here. So he, he tries to take off and he gets hit. Uh, by one of the trucks and goes flying into the into the ditch and so but yeah later that night uh deke shows up he finally makes it to the dixie boy he gets there and he sees the trucks and he, he can't get there but then he finds a uh a little uh tunnel like thing um a little sewer hole or whatever that goes under the under the under the road but this is when he we, he finds uh, that that Bible salesman guy. He's kind of like help me, and he's like let me go, let me go. But Kurt and um, Bill are kind of like uh, trying to figure out something because they hear that guy screaming over there, and then they kind of like look, we, someone's got to go over there and help him. I would have just left him there, but that's me. <laughs> so they kind of they both go over there. Uh, this is when Bill finds Deke. And uh, that guy ends up dying, so they just leave him. But they get Deke back into the um, into the Dixie Boy, and then he kind of like, "Well, where's my dad at?" And they're like, Ugh. "Everyone else is trying to be cool about not saying anything about his dad." But Hendershot is he didn't give a fuck. Well, we got rubbed out by one of those big boys out there, and Deke is just sad that his dad passed. And Bill oh. has put him in a headlock. <laughs> yeah. Um, we got to go back to Gus's scene, which was in the beginning when all uh, John, what's his name? John Carlo Esposito. Yeah. When all hell was breaking loose uh, in the Dixie Boy, he was uh, playing, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> he was playing video games and, oh, damn, allergies, everyone. He was uh, no, he was in a little video game room, and all hell was breaking loose in there. The games were all making all noises, the flashes, everything. He was kind of just standing there tripping out, and then the uh, the cigarette machine like busted open and started spitting out cigarettes because he he just started filling his pockets, and then the the video games and the change machines or whatever, all the quarters started falling out. So he was filling his pockets with all that. And then once he had like full pockets of cigarettes and quarters, um, he starts looking at a video game because it's the screen is flashing and everything. He kind of got hypnotized and then a bzz, like a bolt of energy came out and killed him. So that was his his role in, in all this. Um, so but yeah, everything all hell was breaking loose. Trucks are going around and they're they're stuck in there and they're just trying to figure out how, how to get out of it. Because they're just getting ready to say, like, you know what? It's going to only be a matter of time before those trucks just come crashing through here. So, but we get a, a scene with this. Uh, all right, this is something that, again, don't try to figure it out. But it still bugs me today. This little military, little <laughs> doom buggy Jeep thing comes rolling up with the M60 on the back. Um, unless that was... M60 was electronic. I doubt it would shoot uh, on its own, but okay. <laughs> so, but it comes up and starts beeping and beeping, and they're like, "What the hell? What, what's what's happening?" 
they don't know, but Deke, uh, he kind of figured it out and said, it's Morse code. So he kind of... I'm a Boy Scout. I know this. Yeah, because he goes, I just got my my mirror badge for... What what was it? Uh, Morse code. He goes, I just got my mirror badge for it. So he kind of figures out what what it's saying and basically we need fuel so uh so they had uh this is when everybody starts um fueling all the trucks they come they just keep rolling under the whole montage of everybody going out there taking turns filling up all the trucks and there's this huge line that goes all the way across the state uh of trucks trying to get gas or diesel i like at the end of the montage they are exhausted I mean, I'm. I assume this is during the summer, and it's on the East Coast, so it's probably humid as fuck and everything, because they're all just tired. And Emilio Estevez is like, his hands are just blistered up. I'm like, if you're working somewhere, man, this there's got to be gloves, some leather gloves in there somewhere. Bubba, <laughs> but, Bubba don't pay for no gloves. <laughs> I know you barely give anything. So, but yeah, after everything, and I love this, the ACDC's Hell Bells, Hell's Bells is playing uh, during all this, this whole montage and everything. Then finally the pumps just stop and they're like, all right, we're out of gas. That's it. And uh, the trucks ain't having it because everyone starts blowing their horns and then one just starts pushing them and pushing them. He's like, what, what, what do you want me to do? And then here comes this fuel truck. It rolls up and parks up by the where they you put it in and did you notice the little uh little cap for (laughs) for the where you put Uh in the gas turned by itself i'm like that's not electric but okay cocaine (laughs) does cocaine (laughs) cocaine and alien magic (laughs) so they start uh Putting, uh, filling up the 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 tanker that, into the that, ground into the regular gas tank. Now that you mentioned it, they can move all their parts by themselves. Why can't they connect the tanker hose to other trucks? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so they continue with the fueling, and by this time, Emilio's done. He's like, they're like, oh, you know what? Go inside and and take a break. Brett says, I hope they choke on it. Yeah, so <laughs> they're just doing their thing. Um, Kurt and, uh, or not Kurt. Yeah, well, this this was weird. Um, Kurt and Connie are sitting in one of the, the, the booths, and she's giggling and giggling, and his hand's under the table. I don't know if he was touching her or what, but <laughs> um. Everyone's just like beat up and tired. Uh, Bill, uh, he goes up and crushes uh, Brent in the back, and they're kind of just talking about uh, everything on what they're what they should do. And they yeah. they do kind of come up with that idea. Maybe we should go to some island. Where they also no... had. They also needed the scene to let us know that uh, what did she say? That he makes love like a hero. All right. I mean, to each his own. Maybe they're used to it, but they were all hella sweaty. And he probably just sweaty. If you guys she was are, tasting the sweat off of his head, or he was tasting the sweat off of her head, or one of them. It was like it was weird. That that's just nasty. Um, 
I don't care how fine you are. I'm not, I'm not licking the sweat off of any part of you, but <laughs> um, they kind of come up with that idea of, on how or what if they get out of there, what they should do. So, but by then, the the next morning, um, they're like, "All right, man, I, I think this is it. We 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 do need to figure something out." Um. Oh, this is when the 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 chick flips out and we made you because she just wakes up and goes outside and then that uh, that jeep with the M60 on just guns her up and then pretty much guns up the whole Dixie boy and they're still kind of waiting like you That's, know what the one scene is hilarious when that guy he this is his only time he's in the movie I guess he was asleep the whole time and he comes out the back and he's like what the fuck is going on. Oh. <laughs> and just immediately gets cut down. <laughs> All right, let me see what it says right here. Um, that night the survivors at Loman scream, screaming and okay, I got we got to that part. Deke finds Loman. All right, we already read that part. The next morning, a bulldozer and a platform truck drive up to the truck stop. Uh, emerges in a hander shot uses another rocket launcher to blow up the bulldozer, but the platform. Truck flies its post-mounted machine gun into the building. All right. Yeah, so yeah, when that thing bulldozer came, because it was like moving. Uh, it moved that truck that they blew up earlier. It moved it out of the way and everything. So, And that thing is when that lady went out there, and, and they ended up blasting her up. So they, um, they're they just trying to figure out on, on how to get out of there. Night comes, and they go. They find a... Um, I don't know what that. Oh, I think it was like the showers or something over where where all the truckers take showers. They because they, uh, Bill and Kurt kind of make it away across over there, and they go in that to get. Uh, okay, well, we can get out of there. I mean, they went through there to go get uh, to go get Deke when he was stuck on the other side. But then they kind of like you know we we can get through that all of us, and we can get uh, out of this truck stop before everybody. Before all the trucks come crashing in, because eventually they they do come crashing in, but everyone gets out and they all go through those tunnels and everything. By then, all the trucks are just driving, crashing through uh, the Dixie Boy. And then, did they blow it up, or did it just blow up by itself for all those trucks crashing through it? Both. I don't remember. I don't either. Oh, <laughs> um, let me see. Okay. Um, the survivors soon realize that their own machines have enslaved them. Um, Bill suggests they escape to a local island off to, off the coast, uh, on which no motorized vehicles were permitted. While the crew is resting, Bill real theorizes that the comet is actually a a broom operated by in, interstellar aliens. That are using Earth's machines to destroy humanity, so the aliens can come repopulate the Earth. All right, for some little too. yeah, for a little convict, we're gonna truck stop. He really broke it all down. <laughs> During the fueling operation, Bill sneaks uh, a grenade into the platform truck, destroying uh, it, and then it leads the party out of the, di- the diner via sewer hatch to remain. All right, yeah, that's what he did. With the he put a bomb in there and it, it blew up uh, everything, and then it started blowing up the. Um, they all went crashing into the Dixie Boy, and then the whole place blew up. 
So they actually built that that truck stop for the movie. And from what I understand, uh, people driving down the highway thought it was real and they were pulling into it. And then it's people had to come out. They, this well, this is a movie set. None of this works. And then they were saying people were getting mad. I don't know, probably because they're running out of gas. But so yeah, the Dixie Boy blows up all those trucks. Pretty much blow up except for the Happy Toys, the Green Goblin truck, because he gets out. Um, they're uh, walking along trying to get to the pier so they can get on a boat. Um, they pass this I don't know little hamburger joint, and this part was kind of stupid. Um, <laughs> Deke walks up because uh, the um, the little uh, speaker that you talk into uh, it starts repeating humans here, humans here, humans here, and then uh, Deke kind of gets uh, that machi- little machine gun he's holding. Oh, this is for my dad, you son of a bitch! And then just shoots it up. And then when he's done, he's like, "Here, I, I don't, I don't want this no more." So he's like, "Ugh." So are they're close to the dock. They're going. They're getting there. Uh, with the, one of the guys, he sees this lady, I guess she got killed by her electric windows. Yeah. Uh, how come that car came alive and none of the other ones did? But anyway, cause her head is sticking out in the window. Uh, she's got one arm out, out the window. Her head is basically just, it, it strangled her and killed her. Uh, one of the guys that was with them, he sees her and she's got this big, huge diamond ring on. So he goes over there and tries to pull it off and then as he's walking along not paying attention we see the the green goblin truck right there oh and it seemed like it quiet yeah it seemed like it was pretty far away because it, it starts to roll and uh, you can hear big rigs coming from 10 miles away um, but well, when it's only like 100 feet away you can't hear it so it comes and then he turns and looks and ah he gets hit and it's cool, though, because when, when we see the truck driving away, he's stuck, like, in the mouth of Green Goblin as that truck is hauling ass. So Bill, he, he sees them all coming. He grabs one of the, the little uh, rocket launchers and then psh, shoots the Happy Toys truck, and boom, the whole thing blows up. And they're all saved. Uh, ACDC's Who Made Who kicks in. Uh, they get on the boat, and they start uh, sailing down the road. And this is what it says uh, at that. While they're all on the boat. Two days after a large UFO was uh, destroyed by in space by a Russian weather satellite, which happened to be equipped with a laser cannon and a class four nuclear missiles. All right. Uh, approximately six days later, the Earth passed beyond the tail of the, the Rhea M exactly as predicted. And that's. The end of your movie sure so, um russian weather satellite with yeah yeah <laughs> and it says the survivor nuclear missile <laughs> the survivors of the dixie boy are all still survivors and that's that's your movie so well they're lucky that boat didn't come alive exactly because it's it's got a motor in it So I I don't I don't know. Again, don't try to figure out the science on what comes to life and what doesn't. <laughs> but did you did you see that uh, Stephen King's son Joe Hill wants to remake it, write and direct it? Go for it, man. Well, uh, I don't think it'll be as good as your dad's film, but I I'd, I'd, I'd watch it. 
Um, but Maximum Overdrive, everyone. Uh, I love this movie as well as Brian does. And mm-hmm. uh, really quick, I haven't opened mine, but you got the Vestron video still booked, didn't you? Yes. I I had to search high and low for this thing because it was not at my Walmart. None of the Walmarts in Reno. I had to go all the way to the capital of Nevada to Carson City to get one. And I remember seeing it. Look, it always happens. When I find what I'm looking for, I'll see them everywhere. Uh, Reno got more in their Walmart. When I was in Arizona, every Walmart we went into, everybody had it. I was like, damn, man. <laughs> so, but I haven't unwrapped this yet. But it's like loaded with extras. So um, have you opened up Marsha yet? No, not yet. Yeah, it looks like there's interviews and commentaries uh, and everything. So, but I'll eventually uh, check it out. But all right, boys and girls, that was 1986's Maximum Overdrive. Uh, the budget was $9 million and it only boxed office $7.4 million. And... I probably made his money back once I hit VHS and and everything else, but I mean for nine million, I mean that's a lot to us that don't have millions of dollars. But my, nine million, especially today, is is not that big of a budget. And for what they did in this, the practical effects, um, building a whole truck stop, um, the the blood and, and the gore, the little bit that's in it, I mean, they, they really went for it. And maybe Emilio and those guys probably took most of the money, but they did a good job for nine for nine million dollars for the, for this whole production. So um, but I love this film. I loved it the very first time I saw it and every other time uh that I've seen it since. And during the rewatch of this, uh, watching it for the first time with my son. Because he went down that rabbit hole of trying to watch every Stephen King movie. And I think this was the, the, the last one that he hadn't seen. So I said, well, let's watch it. So he was like, all right, cool. So we sat down and he enjoyed it. He liked uh, what was nice. going on in this. So, but made another fan. But again, uh, awesome soundtrack by ACDC. Definitely uh, check it out. And uh, rest in peace. Uh, Malcolm Young, he was Angus Young's brother He was the the rhythm guitar player In the band And Stephen King, man, I know You cleaned cleaned your act up But Yeah, like he said, he he didn't Doesn't remember any of this I don't know what coke does to you But um, Uh, uh, That has to be a lot of cocaine For you to direct an entire Big budget movie And you don't remember it I don't know. Some of the th- some of the other things I was reading, they 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 were saying there was it wasn't just him uh, being all coked out. It was like some of the actors as well as a lot of the crew. Um, so but, yeah, it was the it was the eighties. Yeah, it was the thing to do in uh, eighty six, probably eighty five, uh, when they filmed this movie. But yeah, it came out July 25th of 1986, and yeah, I remember sitting there in the theater at the Century Theater in Oakland uh, watching this movie, and just, I only saw it the one time in the theater, and then I saw it once it started making its cable runs in VHS, but yeah, I love this movie, this movie's awesome, um, but if his son wants to remake it, go for it, um, obviously it'll have a way bigger budget, 
I just don't want it to be a CGI mess if he does make it. Um, just yeah. do do what they did here and put somebody in a green suit driving the truck and then erase some. I don't know, but make it good. I mean, I, I know it won't be as good as this one, but at least uh, I don't know. But just make it good. Did you re- read the the little short story on this? No, but I, I did see the the TV movie that came out. There was a TV movie about yeah, the short story? Yeah, I think it was called Trucks. Yeah, it was from um, uh, the book Night Shift. Yeah, you guys it, remember it, that? It's, or... it's not good. Hmm, I didn't even know they made... Uh... Probably on ABC. The the book actually came out in night. Whoa, damn, nineteen seventy eight. Um, when the when the book came out and the story, and it was probably something that he was sitting on, wanted to uh, do something simple, and uh, he did it. And like, yeah, if you don't, don't remember it, I mean, cocaine's a hell of a drug. Uh, yeah. Rest in peace, uh, Rick Truck, James. <laughs> trucks came out in nineteen ninety seven. Hmm. Is it on YouTube? Let me see. I think I watched it on Tubi. 1997? That was, that, was that was a while ago. Well, you can rent it. I ain't rent it. Don't do that. <laughs> oh, man. See, I didn't even know. Oh no, it's free. I'm sorry. You don't have to rent it. I guess I'll watch it later. Hmm. Well, who knows? Everyone? Maybe I'll watch it and then come back and, <laughs> and talk about it. Uh, I've never heard of it. Uh, this is the first time me hearing uh, about this. And damn it, I guess I'll watch it. And uh, yeah, we got a uh, ton of more days. So maybe I will I'll check it out. But yeah, again, this was based off um, his little short story from the Night Shift uh, book. But all right, everyone, that was Maximum Overdrive. And if you've seen it and you love it, right on. I, I know a lot of people, one of my other friends, I remember um, I stacked, watched it with her and she was like, this movie's stupid. I was like, just enjoy it. It's Stephen King. And she liked a lot of the other Stephen King movies that were out uh, at the time. But she said, this movie's dumb. Why did you make this? I'm like, <laughs> Uh, anyway, but Maximum Overdrive, we both think it's awesome, and I'm pretty sure most of you guys listening to this uh, as well. But all right, we will be back with more. The uh, East Society's 31 Days of Horror will continue. So, but with that, everyone, please be safe out there. Come back tomorrow for more, and party on. Mm-hmm.